Hey, this is Ryan with the Circle of Dads podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I just got done with an interview with Danny Vega of the Fat Fueled family. You know, we went through, I mean, it was the first time we ever spoken. So, you know, we were getting to know each other. And some of the things we talked about were emotional awareness, you know, family, raising kids, unschooling, um, you know, a little bit of nutrition, CBD. We talked about porn. And we just talked about um, how we're showing up for our families as individuals and, and some of our beliefs in that. It was a really interesting podcast. Um, I was able to nail him down by interviewing him in the car. So you do hear a little blinker in the background, or but I'll take it. So it was a good podcast. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to do another one with him. And I hope you like it. What I would ask before we begin is... I'd ask that you share with your friends. If you know anybody that would benefit from our message, that you share this with them. And, you know, download us, rate us on whatever platform you're listening, um, comment on our social media, send me emails, direct messages on Instagram. That's it, man. I hope you enjoy the show and happy new year. Oh, hello. Welcome to the Circle of Dads, the space for sharing stories about the struggles and triumphs of fatherhood and learning to become better men. So what's going on? So hey man, great to meet you. Likewise. I love, I, you know, like I said, when you reached out, I automatically was like, my ears perked up because, you know, circle of dads, you know, anything to having to do with being a father, I'm obsessed with, man. Like I, a lot of the podcasts that I listen to, the books that I read, a lot of that has to do with leadership and fatherhood. So um, really excited to talk about anything dad related, but obviously, you know, this other stuff, the, you know, the fitness stuff, the, tri- the nutrition stuff obviously is something that I'm very passionate about as well. So we can talk about that as well. Yeah, but it's, you know, it's, I mean, it's all for nothing. If we're, if we're assholes to our kids and our wives, <laughs> tell me about it, man. <laughs> that is so true, dude. So many people out there, like I can tell you, you know, specific people that are like, you know, fitness influencers Sure. Um, who it, 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 it's so funny because, you know, when you see someone be an asshole, you know, you, you start to wonder to yourself, you know, man, maybe, maybe this guy's an asshole to everybody. And sure enough, like there are people who are, uh, fathers like me, um, but who are dicks to their kids too. And I know this for a fact because, you know, one of the places that my wife takes my boys, uh, you know, my youngest has a sensory processing disorder Okay. and, you know, spectrum diagnosis, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's on the spectrum. So he, he goes hey, bud, to your, the, your Bluetooth picked your Bluetooth. it up. Oh yeah, let's let I'm gonna go private. Okay, sounds All good. Right. Does that sound good? good? Go? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now now go back to what you were saying about the he might be on the spectrum. Yeah, so he might be on the spectrum, and um, sure enough, we go to this place called We Rock the Spectrum. Oh, nice. That's a cool yeah, name, it's, dude. It's a really cool spot, you know, with all types of sensory play for kids with, because you know. Autistic kids most likely are also sensory processing disorder. It just so happens like not all kids with SPD are on the spectrum, but a lot of kids with who are on the spectrum are SPD. Sure. So there's a lot of you know similar things. And there's a, a fitness influencer, really big fitness influencer, who takes his kid there, and he's such a dick, dude. His kid is autistic. You know, I mean, really? Yeah. And and just seeing that. I have that in my back pocket because he's one of those guys that is, is an asshole and you're like, you know, all right, man, I got this in my back pocket. If you ever come at me, I'm going to I'm going to put you out there because, you know, <laughs> there's nothing worse than being a dick to your kid, especially if you have a kid with special needs, man. You know, and, and what's what's such a, a, a I mean, what's such a fucking shame about that is most of these guys like nine times out of ten, if you're an asshole, it's not like you were just poof. 
that's your DNA. You're going to be an asshole. It's because someone was a dick to you. Oh, dude, yeah, yeah, you were injured for sure. That, and that's for sure. We're all dinged up, and so when you see, like, I mean, everybody's got a little bit of trauma, something. Yeah. You know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you had to be molested by an uncle or or uh, grew up in orphanages or, or yeah, or, or crack around crackheads. I mean, it could be anything. Just some somebody like a uh, emotionally unavailable dad or a yeah. mom that was just way too critical and it seems like it's not that big of a deal but you just accumulates over time and that self-worth and then and then how you project into the world and then our kids are the ones that have to put up with that yeah dude and i i I see it all the time because you know we're mindful of it we do it ourselves and like sometimes you know we're stressed out and and you know our kids come to us with something like that means a lot to them and and we 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 dismiss them and we see that like that fire in their eyes just die out, you know, like, and, and it's those little deaths that they die, you know, so many times that you're just like, man, this is what's contributing to that trauma that you talk about that we hold on to and that manifests in all types of different ways. You know, we have our false self, like, you know, they, they become either closed off or they become sensitive or they become the ladies man or they become the bully, you know, they just become their false selves, you know, and, and it's all because of, the injury that we've that we've done to them you know and that 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 um that fire you talk about in their eyes you've seen it kind of dim it always happens at about like two o'clock in the morning when you're falling asleep you realize <laughs> you quit thinking about yourself for late. five minutes and oh you're like God, you want to yeah. go wake them up and be like i love you kid let's go to the park you know yeah and, man and it's 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 just really hard you know i had a um uh because I, I learned how to be a dad basically from a bunch of men that most of them didn't see their kids because uh, just because um, I'm in recovery. And oh, so, me too. Nice. Yeah, yeah. dude. Excellent. My wife got ten years, and I got she's she's gonna be she's gonna be eleven years soon. I got I got over six. Good for you, brother. That's yeah, awesome. Man. On February second, I'll have eleven years. Wow, dude. It's just amazing. It's fucking insane because it's like how 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 do you even get from there to here and i look at my life and i'm like it's work man you got to do the work that's the thing man is in in doing the work and and if it weren't for that i'd have never gotten down this path because you know working through recovery you got to get in your shit and a lot of people you got to get deeper than most people do i feel like everybody in the world if everybody went through the program we'd have such a better world Oh, dude, it's like a, it's like a, we, I remember laughing when I first got in there because it was like, dude, this is like a cheat sheet. It's like, I got the, the book to the video game. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean, but what sucks is when you start living outside of those principles and, uh, or, uh, talking clean and living dirty, you know? Oh yeah. Like dry drunks, you know, like, you know, my dad, my dad is, is also in recovery and my dad, you know, he didn't do the steps and like he. He recovered and he never touched cocaine again and he never drank again. But, you know, like he has specific things that he's even still on step one where he's like in denial, you know, like and and I'm like, man, these are behaviors that have just manifested themselves in other areas. And my dad's an amazing father. You know, my dad, when my mom gave him a second chance and everything, and it was awesome. But and he's the best dad that I could ask for. But he has specific things that affect him. His you know, isms. Like anger. Oh yeah, yeah, isms. He's got a bunch of isms, man. He's got them, and then he's got these maniacal things that he does, like you know, um, gum chewing and his his uh, his cigars and you know all these other things that that you know. That Jun- I'm like, dude, his junkie stuff, man. Yeah. <laughs> all of the junkie quirks. I've got yeah. a buddy that's been been clean for 15 years. He used to do a bunch of meth, and then he'd go out and do triathlons. And so he'd show up in the, in his teeth. He's still, you know, he's actually, I did a podcast with him. His name's Charlie Campbell and he talked going from the dope man to the iron man. And he's, he's a trip dude, but he used that same kind of, uh, uh, manic, uh, methods of living. And he just used that for training, you know? And yeah, I mean, we, we, we become good at other stuff. If we, if we focus that energy, I mean, the addict brain can be very useful. Oh yeah. Once you learn to harness that monster. I mean, that's what I, I didn't train. I wasn't into fitness before I got sober and then I got sober and met my wife and I was like, Oh yeah, I'll, I'll go to the gym with you, babe, whatever you want. <laughs> that's awesome. dude. I, that's so cool. I had a buddy talking about, uh, 
<clears throat> those little things that, that it's not important to you, but it's important to your kids. Oh yeah. He told me one time, he's like, Hey man, so if your, your daughter ever comes up to you and is like, Hey dad, come look at this, you know, come look at this, this thing over here. And you're like, oh, you know, it's the 10th time or whatever. And you walk over there and it's a roly poly. I don't know what y'all call them. It's a little bug. Yeah. The little roly poly. Yeah, yeah. It's a real roly poly. And he said, if you walk over there and it's a bunch of roly polies, don't just be like, Oh yeah, it's a roly poly and walk off because that's the first yeah. time she's ever seen roly poly. You know yeah, I mean? Man. It's such a big thing to her and you're such a big presence to her. You're like a God to her. You're the, yeah. you're the, you're the measure of everything that's good and great. And so if she brings you something and you're like, ah, it's stupid, maybe not with yeah. your words, then it's going to tear even if you, even if you fake it, they can see the fakeness like, oh yeah, yeah, that's great. And you're not even looking at it. You know, like you gotta be conscious, man. I mean, all the stuff that I read is like, it, it all comes back to us. It all comes back to. Oh, my child's not doing this. What are you doing? Uh, oh, my child's this. Oh, what are you doing? You know, it all comes back to just mindfulness on the parents' part. And, you know, my, my wife still to this day, she'll freak out, you know. But the beauty ab about that is, like, she'll say, like, she freaked out, I think, this morning. Because Desmond can can interrupt sometimes. And she freaks out, you know. And, and But we apologize after. And we try to explain, look, this is why I reacted that way. It's not the best way to react. But, you know wait until I finish my thought, blah, 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 blah. I gave him the, the whole explanation, but you know, the, the least we can do is apologize. You know, that's the least that we can do is just apologize. And, and I think, I think that's helpful for them to see us as humans, you know? Yeah. Cause I think too many of us like dads, uh, well, and even it just adults, you know, we think that we have to be perfect. And so, we, and a lot of us won't ever admit fault. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, that's, that's just interrelation. BS, you know, I mean, it's just like not, not being, um, vulnerable enough to, to own your part Yeah. or, I mean, whatever reason, but being able to show if that you're teaching, if you try to teach them responsibility and you're not taking responsibility, they're, they're going to catch that. <laughs> yeah. They're going to be like, well, mom doesn't say I'm sorry. So why am I? And then if you're sitting there holding them to the fire and then it just turns into butting heads and your, yep. your wife's in, is she ADD? Well, my wife, yeah, my wife actually, she's never been diagnosed, but she's like textbook sure. uh, ADD stuff. I'm not quite like that, but she, she's like, you, you mentioned ADD. It's so funny you bring that up because one of the reasons why she's talking over me a lot of the time is that she's afraid she's going to forget what she has to say. Yeah. You know, so, and, and Desmond has those tendencies to be ADD like that. And he's like, I'm going to forget what I say. And I, and I, and I'm like, look, it's not my responsibility to remember what you had to say you can't blame me if my wife is in the middle of talking and you're not going to remember what you have to say that's on you to remember that and wait until she finishes her thought because in life people are not going to just stop talking because you might forget what you were going to say right you because know? how you come into the world and you're interrupting people people get pissed off about that oh yeah man but what's what's interesting about that is because i'm add too and uh <laughs> same thing you know and my daughter is and she's got all of her little quirks it's funny. We don't like to see ourselves in others, you know? So like it's, oh, yeah. it's, you, it's, it's the worst. It's interesting that your wife gets so upset about him interrupting, but she probably interrupts you too. Right. And talks oh, over dude, you. It's like, if you spot it, you got it. I just, I love that because I do the same thing with my daughter, you know, I'm like, God. And the thing is, is because now I forgot what I was going to say. And it's so frustrating because <laughs> it's like, it's like holding on to a tiger's tail, man, a thought. And then, yeah. and then you let go of it. You're like, Oh fuck, there it goes. Okay. Maybe I'll come back to know, that at like man. two o'clock in the morning, like wake somebody I, up. I know, man. You know, I've been, what's been really helpful for me is like when I'm in meditation, like I'll have these things start popping in my head and I'll do my, my job and I'll say, I'll put that out of my head. And there's lots of times after the meditation, I'm like, what the fuck was I trying to remember? And I don't remember it. And I'm like, you know what? It's obviously not that important if I can't remember it now, you know? And if it's that important, it'll come up eventually it's the best way that I can have some sort of peace of mind about forgetting stuff. Cause if not, our brains are always going to be like, Oh, you forgot about this. or you forgot about that. You know, that's that whole, like, you know, anxiety, you know, dealing with the future, my wife with her, it's all about anxiety, you know? And I think with me, it's probably anxiety. It's not depression. I'm not really looking at the past. I'm always thinking about, you know, what do I have to do? What's next? What's coming up? You know, like, and, and that, that list of things and that, that pattern of thought, just the ability to recognize it has been so helpful for me, man. You know, just because I'm never going to be done. 
You know, I'm never going to answer all the emails today. They're not going to get done today. I'm never going to answer all the DMs. It's not going to get done. It's way too much that's posing as, as important, but it's really just urgent and it's not important, you know? Well, and as dads and business owners and things like that, you have to learn to prioritize that because everybody is more important. Like everybody on the other end is going to think they're the most important one. Yeah. You know, the guys that are like, hey, man, just get to me whenever you can. I'm like, oh, well, shit, I'm, I got time right now, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> that's the, true. The guys that are hitting me up <clears throat> constantly up for something, I'm like, dude, you know, it's just, it makes it hard. Where, where I used to mess up is running a business and trying to stay sober and trying to, you know, not be such a fucking scumbag like I used to be <laughs> and be a good dad and, and try to work you know, have some sort of co-parenting relationship with the ex and, and try to have my impact on my daughter and build a new relationship. You do all these things that take you out of actually doing those things because you're like, you're, you're in your head, you're answering emails, you're doing all this shit. You're looking at your phone. You're, you know, constant, instead of just hanging out with your kids. Like I had the hardest time hanging out with my daughter, just like sitting still and playing with Legos and stuff like that. Cause it was so hard for me to sit still. You know, doing things like uh, just giving her oh, a yeah. bath was just a beating. Not be- I loved it, but it was just always like my mind was somewhere else, and I was trying to like. You're you're more as an ADD person. You're more comfortable with five things going on. That's kind of like what you need. Comfort and chaos, yeah, for sure. Yep. So tell me about uh, tell me about yourself, man. Tell me about your family. Well, man, I you know I am blessed to to have. Two beautiful boys. I got um, my oldest is Desmond. Uh-huh. Um, he he's eight years old, and my my youngest is Dean. He's five. Um, Desmond was. It's really interesting because my wife and I, um, you know, going back to our story, we 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 met each other both when we were both you know partying in Miami, and you know, just two dumb young Miami kids uh, just in the scene. And the cool thing was that we we spent two years as friends and maybe there was a weekend here and there where we, you know, we, we went off and we did our, our thing, but in, in general, for those two years, we were, we were friends. We went on double dates and, you know, both of us, you know, we found sobriety and both of us had been alone in sobriety for like almost a year or actually she was, she was alone in sobriety. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't join her till later on, but you know, she was in a good place where, you know, one of the things that people talk about, especially when you're when you're trying to get clean is you don't want to be starting new relationships. You don't want to be meeting new people because your brain is in this weird state when you're trying to recover. And so it just so happened that, you know, we were both in a really good place and we got together and we we said to ourselves that we were going to take it slow. And a month later, she was pregnant with my first. That is and, slow uh, <laughs> for for addicts. That's real slow for an addict. Yeah. So pregnant with the first, you know, they, it wasn't it wasn't a, a you know a, a planned pregnancy, but you know we were already within a month of getting together. Even before she got pregnant, we were already looking at moving in together and all that. Sure. And we ended up getting married uh, when my son was just under two years old. Um, yeah, 2000. Yeah, just he was he was a year and, and you know, change. And um, ever since then, like we've been trying to build this life where um, our focus for our boys, like our, our boys are, are our everything, you know, like so we, we are on the same page on all of the most important things for us, which is, you know, how are we going to educate our kids? How are we going to feed our kids? What are the things that we're going to teach our boys? And um then we've we've been blessed to to grow, you know, our own individual platforms where we talk about nutrition and fitness and stuff. But we've also used that platform to really talk about what we do with the family. And that's where the genesis of, you know, Fat Fueled Family came where we started our podcast last August, September 2018. Um, and really, our mission is just to, of course, talk about all the stuff we regularly talk about, like nutrition and fitness and stuff. But we also spend a lot of time talking about, you know, peaceful parenting, how we parent our kids, how we homeschool our kids. We're unschoolers. Um, and we talk about mindset and our boys are are involved with everything. We, we you know, we want to bring we want to show our boys more of the world. We want to have them travel. Um, and I guess our priorities are not exactly the typical, oh, I want my kid to do well in school so they can get a good job and sure. all that crap. Like 
you know, we want them to be emotionally intelligent. We want them to see the world and we want them to follow the things that they're really passionate about from an early age and wire their brains that way from an early age so that they're not chasing, you know, these weird benchmarks where they're trying to pass tests and then, you know, they, they go to college and they pick a major and then they graduate college. They don't know what they want in life, you know, so we all went through that. And, you know, a lot of the people that are probably listening to this are still probably thinking to themselves, yeah, that sounds great, but you know, we got to live in the real world. And we've chosen to not accept that definition of life. You know, we, we believe, especially where we live, we live in a free country where even if you choose to follow your dreams and things go wrong, you're not going to end up on the street the next day, you know? And and that's why, you know, we, we show that with our kids, we try to show them not to have fear and, and all that. So that's pretty much our, our family in a nutshell. That's a, that's awesome that you've, um, you know, uh, having both parents on board with the same mindset is, is key. You yeah. Know, uh, it, in a co-parenting situation, it's certainly difficult because, uh, you know, obviously you have different mindsets if you're uh, divorced or yeah, split up. And then also there's, a, there's always a little bit of friction there too from the relationship that, yeah. that lingers. So I've tried, you know, my wife and I have tried uh, because we have a very, uh, you and I have, Y'all's family and I, and, I, and my wife and I have very similar uh, outlooks on life, uh, from what I've gathered, and it's it's um it doesn't always transfer over to the other house, you know. And so when it doesn't, you get kind of a pull, you know, because you're telling your kid one thing, and then your kid goes over to her mom's house and she's getting told another thing, and it's nothing blatant. It's not like no, your dad's full of shit. We, we eat gluten in this house, you know, because it won't hurt you. It, but she hears and sees how we talk and how we live. And then she sees that over there. And it's that kind of a, it's a mind fuck for your kid because they don't want to upset either parent. They want to please both of them. And so what I've seen with my daughter is, because uh, I'm a very strong personality and I try to tone it down with her, but I always talk to her very, very straightforward, very real and she's a 13-year-old girl with her own quirks, so I've had to learn how to kind of navigate through that world and change. Um, and so uh, I've, what I've seen is, is, is it causes her distress. So I, what I've had to do is kind of fade back and just attraction, not promotion. You know, like we just live our life. We let her live hers. There's certain things she doesn't get to do at our house. There's certain things that she doesn't get to eat because they're not here, you know. And so um, if someone is listening to this and they're like, yeah, that's great, but I'm not with my kid all the time. So there's definitely ways that you can still do that. You can just, oh, yeah. you can just do it in your life. And then eventually the kid will see that. And because if the kid eats gluten until she's 16, it's not going to fucking hurt her. I mean, it'll hurt her. Like, I mean, it's going to cause her inflammation and issues, but it's not going to, she has time to recover. I mean, I ate like an asshole till I was, I don't know, (laughs) 29, you know, and I've had time to recover. Yeah. But that's, I think the lessons are more important. Like you say, like the, what, what she's seeing every single day. And then also knowing when she's older, regardless of whether she ate that stuff growing up, there's going to be a point when she's probably looked like thinking about, you know, what I saw at my dad's house. And, you know, just the fact that she can know that if something goes downhill with her health, that she'll have a few levers to pull that maybe she wouldn't have had if you didn't give her that example, you know, because a lot of the time these kids, they grow up and they just, they, they become part of the system and they're like, you know, they don't know any better. So they, they're beholden to these medical professionals who are telling them this is what you have to do. If you give them that that example, then you're already you're already like they're they got ahead. They're ahead of the game because they just know that if things go downhill, I can change my diet and I can I can improve my health. I, I have a solution. And the trick is, is to not just bludgeon them with so much knowledge and opinion when they're a kid that they just shut down to it when they're older. Like, it's just a blind spot. Like, no, nah, I don't want to fucking no. Dad was an asshole, <laughs> yeah. which I've yeah. had to like navigate through that. You know, I've had to navigate through that with my ex, too. And then I just learned to be like, OK, cool, because my ex is a good mom. 
she's yeah she's a great mom great person uh i've never once been worried about my daughter's well-being you know like where is she is she in some crack house or anything nothing like that <laughs> at all so yeah um you uh y'all do a podcast now and yes sir and i i enjoy it i enjoy the real men series oh i'm glad you like that man yeah i wanted to touch on um you know i mean because we've already like we've we've as i mean we've already covered that as men it's important that we show up for ourselves um we show up for our family and you know i have noticed that most of us were never really taught how to do that and especially alpha males you know we weren't taught how to emotionally nurture ourselves um take care of ourselves no one to be like uh uh-uh, i don't i don't like this situation i need to i need to get away from this and so we definitely don't know how to do that for our children and do that for our spouses um and you know that affects how we how we navigate through relationships how we are with our friends how we are with our boss how we are with our clients how we are with family members what has been your experience with that have you seen a shift in the way that you've changed of how you used to handle things to how you handle things now oh absolutely man and i mean i think that the first thing is is recognizing like you said these traumas that we have that we carry that affect our beliefs and a lot of the time people tend to just assume that what we believe and and the way we act is our choice and that's just not the case you know like a lot of the, a lot of what we think we believe has been put there by someone else or has been um, dictated to us by some sort of trauma that we have um, or something like that and it's it's affecting how we act and and I think the first step for me was recognizing that recognizing you know, what are the things that my dad dealt with as a child that he brought into his relationship with me? And how did that affect my growing up? And how did that affect the way I react with my kids? Um, Of course, my dad showed me some of the most important things, which was to always encourage your kid. Uh, My dad was always building me up no matter what. And I think that's very important, especially nowadays where kids are under so much stress, you know, like they got pressure from school they got pressure from the kids in school and for them to come home and not be grounded in their relationship with the parent is is a big problem man because for us to become another source of stress for our kids i mean these kids are dealing with like monumental stress like things that we we never even dealt with and and it's so interesting to me that growing up now is we live in the age of of convenience where kids really have no um, real uh, uh, challenges and, 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 and adversity. And we're trying to build that adversity into their, into their upbringing by kind of placing that there. But we have to also be aware of like, you know, all, the, all our shortcomings. So for me, it's been a lot of um, reading, learning from certain books. Like one of the books that, that I read that was really, really special book for me that I read before I even had my first son was a book called Wild at Heart. And um, this book was amazing. It's uh, by an author named John Eldridge. And he talks about the importance of this process that especially that we go through with with boys, where you raise a boy and in a perfect world, your son is going to have all of these kind of checkpoints throughout life, where you're placing them in difficult situations, you're challenging them, and then they do the job or they do the whatever the challenge is. And then you you kind of you encourage them because of that. But at a certain point, you got to pass the torch, you know, like when let's say they're 14, 15, 16, 18. And how many of us never got that confirmation? How many of us never got that torch passed on to us and said, you're a man now, son? You know, I'm proud of you. You know, you're, you're not just a man because I say you're a man. You're a man because... You've look at what you've done. Look at the things that you've accomplished. I've, I'm proud that I've been able to help you get there. But you're a man, and so many parents don't do that. So many fathers don't do that. And having that um, knowledge before I even, you know, had my first, it was really important to me because now I'm aware of what they call in the book. They call it the injury, or I think it's called the injury, or, or the, yeah, something like that. Where 
it's the injury is basically when you don't do those things to build your kid up and when you don't do challenge them and pass that torch what happens they become the false self and we spoke about that right when we got on the call like about how either the kid closes up and comes becomes completely closed off to any type of emotional attachment with people or the kid becomes overly emotional or the kid becomes the ladies man he finds comfort in you know having a woman in his bed or the, the guy becomes the bully and he takes it out on other people there's all these different ways that we can you know that these things manifest and so i mean for me it's been a lot of that it's been a lot of introspection it's been a lot of reading and learning and man i can't tell you how many times i've messed up and and made mistakes and like we said we we apologize when we make mistakes and so i mean that's where i'm at now just just when i thought i got it figured out like we always talk about my wife and i talk about that you know we got this thing figured out like you know we got this six sixth year of life figured out the kid changes again and and we we got a whole new lesson to learn yeah and we you know and it's always like that it's constantly like that it's being a parent people don't understand like being i think marriage you know makes you a better person but being a parent makes you so much of a better person because you're always having to think about like man i could be I could be causing some damage to a to a developing life. Well, and you know, a lot of people don't even take that into consideration, and that's what that's the shame. You know, I mean, it teaches yep. you, it teaches you. You have to learn that compassion, that empathy for yourself, yeah. and then translate. That. I mean, because like you had to learn to be compassionate for your dad and yeah. be empathetic for him. Like, you could have just held on to a resentment and and not done that inventory on it, you know, and just been pissed off at him and it was all daddy's fault and this and that. And, you know, it was the damn booger sugar, man. He got all strung out on cocaine and, and that's what caused all the problems in your life, you know, or yeah, like, that's an easy scapegoat. Hell yeah. Because then it's the end of the conversation. Yep. No more work is required on your part. But, but if you learn to be compassionate and, and empathetic, you're like, fuck man, that must've sucked for him to have to go through that. And then, come up that way and then how was he feeling that whole time he was act in the addiction you know because I mean, that's not easy and then yeah, carrying around, carrying around that shame and shit afterwards that's hard yeah man and like i, I you you brought up something that i that i think about all the time like i think about my childhood versus my dad's childhood you know it was a way different for him man like having having to emigrate from cuba having to be the new kid at school in in texas and then moved to Miami and, 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 you know, there was, there's just a lot of stuff that my dad went through. It was, life was harder back then. You know, you know, my dad was, he dropped out of high school in 10th grade and he had to go sell shoes. Yeah, sure. And, 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 and that's not the life that I lived, but I mean, I think to myself, man, I had a freaking perfect up. I mean, I don't want to say perfect, but I had a real good upbringing on a house full of love and I still messed up. Sure. So imagine my dad, you know, where do you, where do you live in Texas? Well, my dad, my dad lived in um, Odessa for okay. two years and we had our cousins that um, my uncle, when, you know, my dad's uncle, um, when they moved to Texas, they all stayed over there. So he had sons and my cousin is, you know, got a Texas accent. And when he talks in Spanish, he's got a funny accent because they all that side of the family stayed there. And, and and I thought I thought everybody spoke in Spanish with a Texan accent. I mean, that's I'm I'm from <laughs> Texas, man, and everybody I know that's Mexican speaks with a Texas accent. That's hilarious. Where do you live in Texas? In Fort Worth. Well, in Weatherford. It's oh, nice. Just uh, west of Fort Worth. And yeah, we love that area. It's a cool town. I mean, it's uh, it's growing big. And where do y'all live? We live in Tampa. Okay. So my wife and I grew up in Miami, and. Um, I had a job situation come up in 2014 where um, I got a job offer in Tampa and luckily my wife trusted me and I had, I had been doing work in Tampa as it was and she, she moved to Tampa without barely even seeing it and honestly, man, it was the best move for us fi financially and career-wise at the time. It was an amazing move, but little did we know it was also an, an amazing move for our family, for our kids to be raised in a place like Tampa versus Miami, you know, I'd have, our kids would be way different if they were in Miami, growing up in Miami. It's a whole different set of challenges um, that, you know, I see with my nieces and nephews and people that I know raising their kids in Miami. Um, so we've been in Tampa. We absolutely love it here, man. Excellent. Um, 
So I got to ask, uh, what critical problem are you trying to solve right now? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what critical problem? I, my, for us, um, my wife, I'll bring up what my wife has been. She, my wife has had this, um, we have this thing where we, we think of words, like we come up with these themes that, that basically describe what the year is going to be like. And, you know, for example, 2016 was a year of putting in all this work and, you know, really seeing those things come to fruition at the end of the year. And 2017 was a year celebration. You know, we, I won lots of awards and we got to travel and we got to experience the fruits of our labor. And 2018 was a year of, of starting a business, uh, building a business, you know, putting in work again. And, and, and 2019, again, is just that grind. And 2020 is going to be all about, for her, making herself available for, for God and for, for, you know, service, which the reason why we haven't been able to serve as much as we want to. And we find that's a very important part of even the way we raise our boys to keep them in gratitude and all that is because we're saying yes to all this crap that, that is not important. And I am the worst one of all of us, you know, and I'm, you know, I'm kind of like the captain of the ship and I got my co-captain here, but I'm the one who's, Oh, I got, I got this live. I got to do, or I got to record another podcast or I got to travel again. And so in 2020, um, for me is, is all about focusing on a very small amount of things and saying no to a lot more. Um, and, and this has been an ongoing thing that even I wanted to do this year and I, I did a terrible job of because you're a business owner, you're trying to build a business, you're trying to see what sticks, you're trying to go far and wide and, and, and you know figure out all these things when in reality, what we should be doing is focusing and going deep. Yeah. And that's what the goal for 2020 is going to be. So it's on a personal level is is just um, finding that that what separates someone like me from someone like one of my best friends, Ben Pekulski, is he's figured out the importance of focus. And he's really been able to um, tune out all the noise, tune out what's not important and focus. And, and I'm, I'm taking a page out of his book this year uh, in my planning and in everything that I'm doing for 2020 and, you know, that's hopefully what will, you know, by the end of 2020, I, I'll, I'd like to look back and say, you know what, I accomplished my goal of just being available for what's important and focusing way less on what we talked about before, like all this urgent stuff, sure. you know, um, and I have things that are I'm putting in place like that. One of the things that, that I think is important is, for example, communication, you know, like emails and DMs, like I am putting space between the communication that I receive and my responses and getting people used to having that space so that they don't expect me to be on the phone and on the hook all the time. Because that's one of the things that we, I'm sure you've experienced it too, as a business owner is like when you work from a nine to five job at 5 PM, unless you're really stressed, technically you're, you're ready to check out and you're done. Yeah. But then you become a business owner and, and it turns into a five to nine and you love what you're doing, but it's this stress that's building and it's affecting everyone around you. So that's my long winded answer to like that critical problem that I'm currently trying to solve. Yeah, I'm glad I asked for the podcast before the new year then. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can I can relate to that a lot, you know, I mean, because it, it's it's uh the whole comfort and chaos. So if there's a whole lot of things going on and a whole lot of messages, a whole lot of things to respond to, I, I feel active. I feel important. I feel useful. I feel productive. And then I go over that border to where it's like, fuck all these people. <laughs> yes. You, you get know? resentful. Well, oh, of course you do way quick. And then like, that's the last thing you want to do for clients. You know, people would be calling me. I'm like, what do you want uh, to give you money to hire you? <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, sure, man. Uh, you know, and, and it's, and it's just that ego and that, that, um, all of it just runs rampant, but it's not taking care of yourself. It's not being able to, to set those boundaries and step back. Like, no, nope, this is the time that I, and you hear like a, a big burly quote alpha male talk about, no, nah, man, I need some me time. And you're like, what? You need what? <laughs> but that's like self-care is all it's what we're all about in our house, you know, because it's I can't operate without it. Like, yeah, because I'm an asshole if, yeah. <laughs> by nature. And so I just, you know, that's why I've had to learn how to do things. 
I can definitely yeah, appreciate I'm, that. I'm selfish by nature as well. And like my wife and I, that's why we get, we wake up earlier than our boys. We got to do our meditation. We got to do our morning routine so that we can show up for them and be what they need us to be. And we can't do that if we're, if we just get up right away, you know, make our coffee and start checking emails and, and get into that type A mode right off the bat. We got to take time to take care of ourselves. And that, that happens the day before. Uh, if you're not a morning person and you have kids, you, it's your responsibility to become a morning person. That means it <laughs> yeah. starts the day before. Like you have to get yeah. your stuff ready, hang out with the kids, make sure everybody's calm and like the, the tone is set and everybody goes to bed and get off your phone and, and do your thing so that you can get up early, take care of yourself, so then you can take care of your kids. The last thing those kids need is to be yelled at before they go to bed, to go to bed sad, to go to bed feeling less than, and to wake up into chaos. I mean, that's just – Yeah, man. And that's that's how my life was. And and I'm sad to say that a couple times I had those experiences with my daughter, but fortunately it was only a couple of times, and I was able to reel that oh, shit Oh, I've been in. there too, man. Yeah. Because they, they didn't ask to – have an appointment at eight o'clock in the morning and you know they didn't ask to have to be on all the way on the other side of town at a certain time you know that's that's our job yeah and and, and you know taking it a step further they didn't ask to be born either yeah. you know we brought them into this world and then we're like oh you're such a pain in my butt you're so you know you're such a, a, a an annoying obligation of mine and you know a lot of it is this unconscious existence you know people I think if you just practice some mindfulness and that's going back to what we talked about, like you do the program, like you go through the steps and you, you know, just you learn how to be introspective. You learn how to like be comfortable, number one, with not knowing, number two, with your flaws and facing those flaws. And then you and then hopefully you, you teach that to them, you know, and you and you get them comfortable as well with uncomfortable feelings failures, all those things, um, you know, so yeah, man, this, this is really important stuff. What, um, if, if you don't mind me asking, um, your son had an accident last year, didn't he? Oh yeah. How? Yeah. August 7th, 2018. Yep. How is, how's he recovering? You know, um, first of all, miracle, a hundred percent. The fact that my five-year-old could get, you know, hit by a car, literally run over by a truck, um, and, and be walking around today where you would look at him and never even know, um, is a miracle. Uh, what, what we did see is, you know, we, he had some, some torn ligaments in his neck and there was some other stuff, uh, some ugly injuries that were luckily treated. And, um, but to this day, you, you don't know, especially when there's a head injury. And that's part of, like, you know, taking care of our boys and making sure that they have everything they need. That may involve some testing and things like that that don't – that aren't usually done to get kind of deeper and see. Because whenever you, you go through something like that, there's always a risk that your brain's going to be af- affected somehow. Um, but other than that, man, it's been – it's been a miracle. It's been amazing to see. And it's uh, one of those cool stories that he'll be able to tell later on. The fact that he survived literally being hit by a truck. Yeah. So. I remember, uh, cause it, uh, it was the day before my birthday that it happened. And, um, Oh wow. My wife and I were having a conversation. She, she was actually a client of your wife's, uh, oh, wow. for the nutrition. And she was like, Oh my God. And told me the story. And when you talk about kids getting hurt, I can't do it, man. I can't watch movies anymore where it happens. I don't want to see a kid getting kidnapped. I don't want to, I just can't do it. And um, uh, I remember just like my heart breaking because I mean, just as a dad, you know, just that feeling of helplessness. And I'm so sorry y'all had to go through that. But I'm so happy to hear that he's recovered. That's so amazing. Yeah. I had a TBI when I was six and had to be uh, brought back twice. And it, wow. it was an enclosed head injury from a fall and uh, crushed all the bones in my left ear. So I've been deaf in my left ear my whole life. But, you know, that TBI has – has because that was in 1986. You know, they didn't know anything back then. Hell no, man. And, and we were just a poor family. So they put a little Band-Aid on it, and the YMCA made my mom sign a, uh, a settlement real quick, and that was it, you know. And, and uh, with technology the way it is and science making the advancements – 
that they have, it's interesting. I didn't even start really seeing any, um, uh, you know, because it, it affected a lot of things. You know, I mean, testosterone production, uh, uh, my ho- my hormones, my moods, my uh, developed a bit of, you know, uh, mental disorders and things that I've had to overcome. And it, and it was just, it's how fortunate that times have changed so much that you're your child doesn't have to worry about finding out about all that stuff 30 years later. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's amazing that you've, you know, that you've come so far because those injuries can totally change your personality. I mean, they can change everything. Oh, I'm so it, I was, I was quirky. No doubt. I mean, they said whenever he gets to be in, um, go through puberty, it's going to be interesting. Was the doctor's <laughs> quote. <Wow. laughs> what the fuck does that even mean? Yeah. Like he was right. He was right, though. Um, I think a lot of it also had to do with daddy issues and other stuff. I don't think it was all the head injury. So yeah, well, that's like a that's like a nice little mix of stuff to really set you up. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so with your family, um, y'all obviously uh, are more of a holistic. You take more of a holistic approach, um, not necessarily just throwing antibiotics and ibuprofen at everything. What are your go tos for some of your everyday remedies like are y'all are pretty big proponents of cbd right we love cbd we see nothing wrong with uh using that with the boys um one of the things that we did this one series on cannabis on medical cannabis and we had several episodes one of the episodes we actually spoke to dr Anne marie wong who's a pediatrician who's using medical cannabis with her kid with her kid patients and we learned a lot about that we learned um also the importance of marijuana sourced CBD versus hemp source CBD. Like generally speaking, if you don't have something really pressing that you're trying to treat, you can do pretty well with uh, hemp CBD, especially if you're getting the the right dosage, which I'll have, I want to throw this out because if anybody's looking into this for themselves or for their kids, the research is clear. You want to get anywhere from five to 20 milligrams per kilogram. So someone who's myself, like myself, who's like 100 kilograms, you're talking about 500 milligrams a day. And if you're getting this hemp source CBD, that is not only it has, you know, a 10th of the of the um, cannabinoids that marijuana CBD has. So, you know, hemp CBD, as it is, only has like, let's say 30 cannabinoids versus like 130 cannabinoids um, in marijuana. Now you're getting also underdosed because if you look at these bottles, the, some of these bottles are like 500 to 1,000 milligrams in the whole bottle. You're paying $90 for one day or two days dose. It's not going to work, you know. So um, luckily there's a company, Santa Cruz Medicinals. That's a huge um, – we, we, we love them because they're giving you the good, the right dosing. So we do use that with them. Um, we haven't gone as far as doing their genetics but we've done our both of our genetics. So I know for a fact that like, you know, my wife has specific SNPs that she's homozygous for. So she has two bad copies and I have specific SNPs that are, I have two bad copies. And so we know in specific situations, at least they're going to at least pick up one bad mutation. So how do we, um, uh, how do we kind of use supplementation? And that's one of the things that we do talk about because, you know, parents are giving their kids a good, healthy diet, but supplementation can also be very helpful. So things like DHA, getting our kids well-sourced DHA, getting them methylated, methylated B vitamins daily, specific to our children, we're using those things because we know what our, you know, what our, our genetics are. Um, other than that, like, we always try to go the home remedy route. So um, Desmond had strep throat. Uh, about a month ago and we wanted to do a home remedy that involved like massive amounts of garlic, like every 30 minutes. Yeah. And that's he fun. didn't, he, yeah, he didn't want to do that obviously because it's, you know, for his eight year old taste buds, that's pretty intense flavor. So it didn't quite kill it. And so we had to go on antibiotics cause he got it again and, and he hated it cause he knows what antibiotics do to your gut bacteria. And, and he all, so had to take steroids because his, his neck was all closed up. So he hated that. And sometimes, you know, that's kind of what you got to do, unfortunately. But you got to be aware of how to treat it and fix it after. But, yeah, like you said, we're, we're big on 
you know, as much as possible, you not using the, the healthcare system because it's really a sick care system. And we're trying to build our kids' health with good nutrition, good habits, and then, of course, finding a doctor, which that alone is an odyssey in itself. You know, it's like, like a for unicorn. Us, yeah, and we, we found ours. Like, we found, thank God, we found our unicorn. It took us, first of all, months of looking. And then beyond those months of looking, then we had to wait four months to even get the first um, appointment because, you know, this person's in high demand. And put it to you this way, our, our meeting with our doctor for our five-year-olds, it was a one-hour meeting where the boys were playing in the, in the waiting room with all the toys. And we sat down with our doctor and he listened to everything. And it was so powerful, that meeting with the doctor, that it left my wife in tears after. So, you know, finding someone who's not going to tell you that you're crazy or that you're wrong or that is going to dismiss you um, is super important as a parent. And, you know, we're lucky that the guy that we found is like, I listen to my parents and they're my biggest resource because they know the kids better than I do. And I know that doesn't sound like a groundbreaking statement. But in the world that we live in, it's extremely rare to find a doctor like that. And we're just so grateful. We're in the process of doing what he's telling us to do to, to get more testing and make sure that that our son's micronutrient needs are, are where they need to be and all that stuff. So um, that's basically like how we see health and how we approach it with the boys. And uh, yeah. I don't want to take up any more of your time. Uh, I know you're trying to get your things done and life has changed your plans for the day. And I really appreciate you taking the time to, to talk with me, man. And I really got, I really enjoyed getting the chance to, to get to know you. Well, I appreciate it, man. I thank you for your flexibility dealing with my ever changing schedule. Um, but I love talking about this stuff, man. I'm happy to, to come on any other time. I love this stuff. You know, this is for us. Yeah. We love the nutrition stuff. And like, even with our podcast, we're taking it, um, at least in the coming months, we're taking it in a different direction because this stuff is more important to us. You know, we want to talk to these people that are doing all the things with nutrition, but really more importantly, we want to talk to people who are doing epic shit and who are, you know, just doing important things, whether that be with their kids or whether that be, you know, um, you know, uh, challenges that people are facing and, and beating those odds. That to me is more important because I've, as someone who digs into this stuff every single day, you know, we're, we're always researching nutrition and fitness. And I learn more and more every day. Like a lot of people are even figuring out this nutrition stuff and they're doing this stuff right. But there's so much more that's so much more important. Like, how are you handling your stress? How are you addressing your stress? How are you addressing your feelings? Are you even acknowledging those feelings? <clears throat> and you know, these things sound to someone who's maybe not thinking about this stuff like, oh, why would I want to spend time on that? But it's exactly what we need to hear right now. And so, you know, the, every opportunity that I get to talk with someone like yourself and, and to talk about these more important topics, I'm all over it, man. I, I, I'd love any time. Well, I appreciate that. You know, and it's important. It's like, and how are you talking to yourself? You know, like, oh, yeah, like if you're fit and you're at eight percent body fat and your lifts are great and everything's fine but you secretly hate yourself and you're looking at every little thing on your body like god you're an ugly piece of shit oh. it, it's because I, I deal with that body dysmorphia yeah you know if i if i get bigger i'm like damn baby am i getting fat oh i just i i do too and then if i get lean if i lean out for like a, a race or something like that you get lean and you're like oh i'm so small i'm so skinny baby do you, don't even look at me i'm so puny you know like it's just this ridiculous and my wife the whole time is sitting there looking at me like baby what <laughs> what are you doing you know but it's just that that self-talk man that self-love uh man i would love to get you yep. back on so we could yep. talk more about nutrition but also so we could talk more about things like porn and shit Oh, dude. Yeah. I'd love to talk about that, man, because that that one is this this elephant in the room that, you know, no one wants to address. I know, like, we don't even want to bring it up like as men, we don't even want to bring it up. And like, you know, yeah, we have had access to this stuff. You and I have had access to this stuff for 20 years now. And, you know, our kids are growing up with access to it at five, six years old, like 
you go to a website, you don't even you don't even have to look for porn. Sometimes the websites are giving you like porn ads, you know? And so, you know, the funny thing is we we've spoken about porn. We haven't even mentioned the morality aspect of it. We haven't mentioned that at all. We're just talking about the importance of what you're consuming, what's in your diet. Like, and that of course, as you know, your diet is composed of much more than just what you eat. It's like, who are you spending time with? What are you consuming? And there are objectively scientifically proven things, changes that happen to our brain from consuming porn. And you can't just say that it doesn't affect you or your relationships because we see it. Erectile dysfunction, you know, um, the, the inability to get intimate with, with your, the person you, you love because you're seeing this fake um, portrayal of what sex looks like and to a lesser extent what relationships look like. So I would love to talk about that, man, because that one is just, it's, it's wrecking people. And like, you know, everybody's between all the, the crappy foods that we're eating and of course our health is deteriorating. And I know that those things play a factor, but man, I can almost guarantee that you do a month without porn and all of a sudden your sex life is going to get better because you're, you're actually taking time to appreciate the real thing versus watching a guy who probably injected his penis with, you know, Cialis or Viagra straight to the main line. And, you know, the girl who's, you know, a lot of these people are, are on drugs and things like that because it's kind of like your coping strategy. And it's just not, it's not a healthy portrayal. And I know a lot of people, I would love to get into this conversation because a lot of this other stuff is probably more speculation on my part, but I would love to talk about, you know, the more difficult things like, well, what if I wanted to watch porn with my, with my, my significant other? How would that affect things? Because I think that's a valid question to have is like, okay, well, what if we're watching it together? I think that's something we can talk about for sure. I have my opinions on that. I'm not quite sure if they're based in anything scientific or anything, but I, I do have my own view of that. And I, and I do have my strong opinions on, you know, things like polyamorism and, and how did that, how does having like multiple partners, how does that affect the dynamic of your relationships? These are all like, we get into like things that they're real, like personal opinions of mine. But um, I mean, let's at least have that conversation. Man, I'd, you know? love, I'd love to because, I mean, I have a lot of opinions on it, and I think that it's um, – I've got a lot of experience with it. Oh, know? me too. And, it, and, it, and, it's, and it's very interesting that once you start talking about it and once you start getting into that mindset of actually thinking about it, even besides the whole deal of, like, just ask yourself, have you ever felt ashamed after you've came? watching a porn oh, yeah. and you can't close it and clear your, your history quick enough, you know, like, yeah. and then how is that, how is that like kind of translated on the rest of your day and things like that. But just, uh, you know, how it affects how you interact with your wife, how it affects how you interact with people. How does it heighten your, um, wondering eye, you know, and then you start feeling entitled. You start feeling like you're not getting yours. You start, you know, it just pecks away. So you don't even have to get into it and like, go to an essay meeting today you know you just have to ask yourself like why am i doing it what am i getting from it and then you start talking about the dopamine response and and how oh, it makes yeah. you feel good and 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 how you do it because you're bored and it's just like you can just start picking away and look at it and it's i mean it's just it doesn't help there's it doesn't help i mean yeah. it's you're not going to watch porn and become a better husband yeah, it's just not going to happen. And every girl you see on there, probably, I'm willing to bet, has a daddy issue of some sort or some sort of yeah. trauma. I mean, statistically, there's a lot of that. You know, there is definitely a lot of that. So we can't we can't say maybe that's what the cause is, but we we definitely got to appreciate at least the correlation there. The common you know? denominator for sure. Yeah. Well, let's let's uh let's definitely do this again so we can get in the weeds on that. I would love that, man. Absolutely, man. You let me know and we'll do it for sure. Okay. Where can people find you? Where do you want? Um, I'm most active on Instagram. They can find me dannyvega.ms on Instagram, or if they want to know about the podcast, about coaching. Um, yeah. So it's www.fatfueled.family. And that's where they can look at the podcast, subscribe. Um, like I said, sign up for the newsletter. If they want to know what's going on, what's new, I do a weekly newsletter. Um, and that's where our blog is coaching. Um, pretty much everything that, that you're looking for 
regarding what we're doing, you can find it there. Perfect, man. Thank you so much for taking the time. I hope you guys have a great day, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. I appreciate it, man. Until next time. Yes, sir. See you. See you, man. As I've proved over and over again, you do not have to be perfect, but you do have to be present. We chase those kids till the day we die. Love runs downhill. My name is Ryan, and till next time. Mm-hmm.